Ryle Centre Theatre presents its SBL drama series as Soundbite Life. Episode 2, Where Brave Souls Hide. Where are our brave souls? Where are the brave hearts when tricksters rise to reign, determined to gain far more than they are worth, thence only to spark fires which burn from losers all? Who lifts the water hoses then upon the fires not our men and women and children. Who holds that clue? Who carries the key then? Regina had gone her way, unaware that the man she noticed slumped over in his seat while passengers were deplaining was not asleep. He was dead. It is the tattoo she saw between his ear and his neck that was now stuck in her head. Peter took the unaccustomed route, east, beneath huge military recruitment posters, then past that huge poster of the half-naked jocks, sprawled provocatively amidst flowering grasses, thunder from dong under, they were called, then... Having passed the colorful display of hotels and casinos and parks, she came to that long corridor through the tunnel which leads to the terminal exit. She could hear her footsteps as she went along and had no reason just then to be alarmed. All kinds of thoughts were jockeying for position through Pina's mind. The deal she needed to close or have 363 desperate employees packed and sent home. The drunk, who, as she was inclined to think, was no run-of-the-mill passenger. He was something special, annoying and cute, but special. That woman with the knock-off Gucci bag, eyes like cows in a butcher shop and that stranger with the gadget, whom she would have sworn she knew. But it was the thunder from Dangonda that was causing her heart to go tickety-tock, tickety-tock, tickety-tock. The one person from her role that had not come to her mind was the lad seated beside the stranger, Clay. That is his name. She hadn't given him but a glance. Clay took neither the route Regina went, nor the way Pina was headed. He rode the escalator two levels above the concourse where the plane had landed, and by way of the Ufkans Deli, renowned for its pastrami spam sandwich, just to die for. A few have. The secret is in its spice, 
That first riddle was still stuck in Clay's head like a song that wouldn't go away, left on constant rewind, even though he was privileged to two other riddles while seated beside the stranger. Though he did not know he was being privileged, he felt he was speaking, stealing secrets as such, for as so it felt to him, stealing, but without a tinge of guilt. He saw something else as well while he was seated there, and was hard-pressed to sort out whether that too was a riddle. A fourth? Four riddles in one flight? Three's the sort of number befitting of such tricks. Four would seem a fix. Maybe this one is not a riddle, he was thinking. One way or another, he'd better be quick settling on which. At the time, the Spaniard had left for the first-class lavatory, and the Riddler, the strange man with a gadget in hand, had laid his head back. His book of riddles, if that's what the gadget was, was closed flat in his lap. His large right hand was resting on it, keeping it in place. Clay peered at it, trying to figure out what kind of book or gadget or device or thingamajig it was. Maybe there was a title or logo or a model somewhere about that would be its telling signature. Looking, peeking, searching skillfully, Clay noticed that fourth thing and scratched his head. For what was lit there was laid out more like a poem. And this is what it said. To unravel me, you need a simple key. No key made by a locksmith's hand. A key not I alone will understand. Do you have that key? Clay scratched his head again, for it was as though he was being asked this question. Upon that thought, his eyes flipped up to see if the Riddler was watching him, but the stranger's eyes seemed as shut as in peaceful sleep, and in that very moment, the Oriental Spaniard, returning from that most god-awful puke upon the anchor woman in first class, sat flush into his seat, and the stranger's used hand shifted, blanketing the poem, or riddle, or question, or whatever it was, such that its light seemed to glow between the stranger's adjoining fingers. To unravel me, you need a simple key, no key made by a locksmith's hand, a key not I alone will understand. Do you have that key? Now two levels up the concourse, working his mind like a midi Sherlock Holmes to rid himself of this riddle on rewind, he spotted a shocking commotion unfolding live on Channel 7. That news anchor had just flown across the desk in an almighty range and belted his guest one bloody face cuff, sending her flat to the floor. Distracted and in shock the sight, Clay bumped into an oncoming young lady, sending her to the ground and her Ufkan's pastrami special flying every which where from her splattered coffee. You oof! she yelled. Clay, hardly able to get his apology out, dashed off to scramble her scattered sandwich off the floor. The bumped young lady, now so commonly sprawled beneath the oofcan's glare, happened to be one of Pina's 
363 very desperate employees. Tickety-tock, tickety-tock, tickety-tock. Still echoing through the tunnel, Tina's mind flashed back upon her in-flight encounter with the Spaniard and was wondering what in God's name caused people to turn out in such a hot mess when one of her heels clipped a lost coin and she stumbled. There is such a clumsiness in the air, she thought to herself. Everything seems so out of balance. Whatever was in his head for him to think he could get me to be interested. I can't imagine what goes on in some people's brain. She was reasoning in the midst of reorganizing her steps. All truth be known, at such heights, in the midst of such artful clouds, the internal chatter of men, women, and children in their norm, if ever heard, would frighten animals into the oceans, like as fleeing hogs possessed by a cast of demons, at which embodied voices kept, like the gurgling belly of a fiery mountain, would spit their blackness when least expected, blanketing the sky, before that blackness falls back into interminable remembrance. Then... That mountain would breathe in gulps, readying itself to spit up again. If truth be known, There were no other echoing sounds in that hollow until Pina heard a whisper. No other footstep, just that whisper and her name. She was sure she heard her name. Pina. Distinctly a masculine whisper. Pina. Yet no other footsteps. She quickened her steps, each clopping louder than the previous as she went. That whisper echoed voiced, seemingly, in a peculiar language, or was it a combination of languages? That latter thought, or voice, or echo, she seemed to recognize Spanish. She was sure of it. It was recognizable, as it always is, by its cadence and romantic rhythm. Not that she spoke Spanish or cared any to hear anything romantic in this moment. Yes, Spanish. Apart from universally recognizable phrases, none of which matched the phrases currently reaching her ears, she claimed to understand no other language but English, except for retained clips of the long abandoned language of her birth. Strangely, though, she had a sense she knew what was being whispered in this foreign mixture of towns. Go placidly amid the noise and haze. She must have heard the phrases somewhere along life, and they lingered at the back of her memory, she began reasoning. Maybe, may, maybe these were remnants of a song translated to her some while back. 
but this whisper had no tune. Maybe the jock on the huge post that had come alive and was flirting with her, she amused to herself for a second, then realizing this was as ridiculous and revealing a thought as it was enchanting, she giggled. I need rest, she decided to herself. I must be light-headed. She fell to the floor and crawled up against the wall and covered her ears. Only one thought was on her mind. The name, Martin, Martin Pirelli. She was in her fourth semester at Columbia when Martin rolled, literally, into her life. Regina was in France. She was answering Regina's email when she first heard Martin's voice. Miss Pina? She turned, and there he was. Miss Pina May Montague, he said, descendant of the Earl of Castries, born in Katharina, scuttled away from the homeland at the age of three, well guarded by her valiant mother, and now set free. This greeting would have been far more frightening had it not been uttered so boldly from a face so angelic. In truth, it was a smile that was wickedly angelic. His face, actually, was the perfect mixture of rough, ruddy, and randy. And his angular torso was much like that of the plumber in every desperate housewife's fantasy. But the thing that most stopped Pina from running away or slapping him was this. He was in a wheelchair. Further, he dared to extend his hand ever so graciously. Miss Pina May, he said, as she involuntarily accepted his hand out of the pure manners in her. My name is Martin Pirelli. It is a distinct pleasure to be so close to you. I hope you feel the same tingle, too. He kissed her hand. 
we'll meet again soon and very soon. Then he rolled his chair away. Unless, of course, you need me before then. He spun around to remark, in which case, Miss Pina, I'll just about crack the sun barrier to get back to you. Then he turned the corner, leaving her speechless and shaking. Yes, Martin Pirelli. Where are our brave souls? Where are the brave hearts when tricksters rise to reign, determined to gain far more than they are worth? thence only to spark fires which burn from losers all. Who lifts the water hoses then upon the fires, not our men and women and children? Who holds that clue? Who carries the key then? Where are our brave souls? Always close, if truth be known. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkey, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. This episode of A Soundbite Life, Where Brave Souls Hide, was written, produced, and narrated by Neville D'Angelo in collaboration with BMT Audio. Actors in order of appearance include Anita Marina as Pina, Gwynye Chinkoga as Foreign Voice Number 1, Benjamin Zuniga as Foreign Voice Number 2, and singer Josh Hendricks singing Anywhere You Run. We hope you'll enjoy each episode of this dramatized series, and much more, including related links on your favorite platform. Meet us on thejourney.riosports.com. That is thejourney.riosports.com. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. See you next week.